Thank you, my friend. Oh! So, Bob, tell us, what are you speaking on this morning? Uh, it, you'll see it in the bulletin. It says, today's media, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And that's what we're going to talk about, because we're all influenced by today's media. We're consumers of movies. We're consumers of television. Uh, many of us play video games, sometimes way too much. We, uh, we game on our phones. We listen to music. Uh, media is huge in our lives. I've been uh, at Focus, is, uh, as I already said, over 27 years, um, and I actually stepped away full-time in January and uh, came to this beautiful island where my wife and I now reside in Waikoloa. And uh, so it was just a drive over the saddle to come. But it's been about five years ago I had the privilege to share in this congregation. Some of you were here. Uh, so it's, it's a privilege to be back. I've been here. I've been in attendance a handful of times. have friends here. Uh, I count Vaughn and uh, Sylvie. She's not here, but I count them as friends. Uh, Daryl, for sure. I see back in uh, Art and Donna Rico, who attended this church for a number of years, who came because uh, I guess they're gluttons for punishment, wanted to come here meet today, which is uh, thank you, Art and Donna. I'm very glad that you guys would, uh, would come. So it, it's, uh, it's good. Um, being in the plugged-in department at Focus on the Family, which is focuses on families. They're, they're, let me explain this way. Focus on the Family is like one big, large umbrella for family ministries. Marriage and parenting are the big outreach. But under that big ministry, there's a ton of little umbrellas. Uh, for instance, Adventures in Odyssey. Many of your kids probably listen to Adventures in Odyssey. If you're a single, you might tune in to the Boundless podcast. That's another one of the little umbrellas. And uh, one of them is plugged in, which is an entertainment review department. We look at uh, movies, we look at television, video games, music, and our website, PluggedIn.com, is one of the most popular in Christendom. It gets over a million views every single month, which is huge. And I'm privileged, even though I stepped away in January and thought I was cutting the umbilical cord, wanted to come here, uh, they said as I'm basically walking out the door, hey, would you continue to be the radio voice for Plugged In at least for a while until we can replace you? So it's been a privilege. So uh, the feature that I do is a Monday through Friday feature. And uh, it, it talks about TV and video games and music and movies. And uh, it's on over 1,040 radio stations across the United States and Canada. So it's a great privilege. Uh, they tell me that 8.9 million people a week hear my voice on one of the various Christian radio stations that that's, that's, uh, covers that. So it's kind of neat. It's kind of, who knew what the Lord would, would do. But anyways, being in the plugged-in department and being in that media and culture world, as you might imagine, uh, we don't always have people that are just singing our praises, telling us how wonderful we are. In fact, uh, something about some, some demographics sometimes tell you how much they don't like you and how much they totally disagree with you. I hope that would not be anyone here, but uh, so that you might share the pain with me, I asked 
actually brought one of my old letters uh, so you can know what it feels like. Because somebody says, you mean for 27 years you made a living watching movies and, uh, and, list, and all that kind of stuff? I, I saw approximately 140 films a year back in my, my, about the last decade. Now I don't see hardly anything. Uh, I have a team that writes the scripts. They email them to me. I get myself in a closet, and I have great recording equipment, and I record in a closet what they tell me to <laughs> about, so it's kind of very different. But anyways, back when I was, uh, here's, a, here's an example of feeling the pain of one of my fans, if you will. It says, whoever does your movie reviews needs to cover themselves with gasoline and light a match. Ooh, ooh. Uh, People should be allowed to watch whatever they please uh, without being informed of the movie's moral values. I'm going to skip down. I was raised with values and morals, and I primarily spent most of my teenage years watching problematic films. And I was not offended, nor did I feel the need to reenact what I saw portrayed in these movies. Um, I'm going to skip down a little bit more. Stop reviewing movies, or at least get someone who can review a funny movie without bashing every movie worth watching. Have a nice day, and let me know if I should mail you that gasoline so that you can cover your critics in it after they mangle the next movie review they do. Love, Sean. No, the, the love part. I made up, but everything else I didn't make up. <laughs> uh, yes, that was what it was like. I, I was told at Focus on the Family that I got more, my department, I, we got more hate mail than anybody else in all those various umbrellas, which is no surprise when you talk about culture. But I get, brought an example of one on the other side of the equation, someone who gets it. This is from a gal named Caroline, Augusta, Georgia. She said, I just wanted to take an opportunity to commend you for your excellent work. I rely on your movie reviews, and I very much appreciate your willingness to endure all kinds of cinematic catastrophes so that I don't have to. For several years now, I've been learning the practice of discernment through reading your reviews and by coming to conclusions based on the unbiased information given on your site. You're the only place, and trust me, I've looked, that provides accurate accounts of all negative elements and encourages the reader to come to his or her own conclusions as to whether or not the movie's worth watching. I appreciate that, Caroline. You may be slightly surprised to know that I'm not a parent when I was reading, and I was surprised. I'm not even legally an independent adult. I'm still in high school. Yay for our high schoolers out there. Um, this one gets it. She said, um, I'm still in high school, and I know you are well aware that very few of my peers, or my elders for that matter, acknowledge or act upon the fact that it really does matter what we watch and that with which we saturate our minds. I think... She summed it up exactly what I want to share this morning. That the God of the universe really does care upon which we saturate our minds. Um, and I also want to make, you know, you might argue with me on this, but having been in plugged in world and focused for 27 years, I'm going to say it. You can argue with me afterwards if you, if you disagree. But I don't think the body of Christ does a very good job with honoring Jesus with our entertainment choices. I would say 
Some of you in here do a fabulous job. If you were graded, you'd get an A plus, you know. Um, some of you here would get an F minus, if there's such a thing, you know. And many of you are kind of in the middle. And I want to, wherever you are, I want to encourage you, inspire you, prompt you to think a little bit more about this. In fact, um, I have three points that I want to make. Number one, take media discernment more seriously for those in the middle in the F minus crowd. Number two, that the Bible has a lot to say about guarding our hearts and media discernment. No, you'll not find thou shalt not listen to gangster rap in the Bible. Thou shalt not go to horror films in the Bible. But there's plenty of scriptures in the Bible that can guide our hearts when it comes to media. We're going to talk about a few of those. And lastly, I'm going to talk about what I consider my elevator speech. Um, sometimes you don't get like I get, have today. What were they telling me? I have an hour and a half for... Just kidding. Um, sometimes you don't get a whole message. Sometimes you just get someone say, give me your two minutes. Give me, give, tell me what you know about how to honor Christ, and get, I'll give you a couple minutes, you know. Well, I've kind of got my little elevator speech, and we'll get to that. Um, but back to my first point. Take it more seriously. I want to show this video. Hide, if you'd run that video clip, I think um, this video clip that I found kind of, underscores a little bit of the problem. I think we understand the problem, but so we're more on the same page. This video clip, I think, does a good job of doing that. When you were a kid, what did you do for fun? So we'd go blueberry picking, for instance. Uh, just, that's so cute. <laughs> it's true. We grew watermelons, um, plantains. I found an old sign which was big enough for me to sit on and made a great toboggan. It was very slick and very fast. <laughs> I had a few fish in my basket and I looked up on this bluff and here's this black bear sitting there watching me. If he starts chasing me I'm gonna keep throwing the fish out of my basket until he's gorged and he won't and he won't bother me. And what did you like to do for fun? Just, you know you go door to door get a group of kids and you play uh, lots of games uh, hide and seek just going out to the field and playing baseball and we build these massive forts you know the kind that you can actually sit in and 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 play in you know with with our friends and it was just really wonderful so what do you like to do for fun video games definitely i like to go on my phone text some email. My favorite thing to do in the world is definitely watching videos and playing video games. Those take up so much of my time. Three hours or t three to four hours a day. Same. Five hours straight. Just last week, I watched 23 episodes of a TV series in less than four days. I forget. I'm in a house. I have parents. I have a sister. I have a dog. I... Just think I'm in the video game, I completely get lost. I would die if I don't have my tablet. Whenever I feel upset, I'd play video games and I'd feel normal. It's really wonderful. When your daughters grow up, your great-great-grandkids, what do you think will happen if this trend continues? It's scary to think that they'll never have to leave the house. Cindy grew up uh, doing a lot of the things that I did and, and enjoyed. And I see what uh, my grandsons are doing today, and it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. By the time they have kids, it's going to be a really 
different environment. I actually feel a little sad because I feel like he's missing out on what's out there mm -hmm. in the beautiful world. If I didn't have my tablet, you know, that's a modern problem. You know, we didn't have that 50 years ago. And it's a problem in the church, again, because video gaming and, and, and this phone is a wonderful thing. Believe me, I, am, I love my phone, but it is also a terrible thing. And, the, and for parents today to monitor, I mean, we are two clicks away from some of the worst pornography in the world. And uh, this generation is the first generation to have to go through that. What's, what's the outcome? You know, it, it, it's kind of tough. Is, there, is the media influential? I think we would all say absolutely it is. How influential? Let me give you an example. I wrote this book when I was at Focus called Plugged in Parenting, How to Raise Media Savvy Kids with Love Not War. I could tell you this, but I'm actually, if you let me, I think I'm going to read a little portion out of my book just to get it exactly right. In 2004, the Rand Corporation published a study that linked sexualized television with actual sexual behavior. Among 1,800 adolescents surveyed, those who watched TV programs with a lot of sexual content were twice as likely to engage in intercourse as their peers who watched few such programs. Two years later, the same research group made a similar discovery regarding music. Of 1,461 adolescents surveyed, those who listened to sexualized music were almost twice as likely to engage in intercourse as their peers who listened to very little, and that within a two-year period after the survey. The power of TV and music, and I would say if the study had looked at film, it would have said the same thing. Now I'm going to jump down to a, a study of studies. Some studies are original. Some studies go out and look and see all the studies and bring them all together, and this is one that did. After examining, examining 173 studies involving media and behavior, researchers at the National Institutes of Mental Health working with Common Sense Media found that, catch this number, 80% of them, of these 173 surveys, 80% of them linked media defined as television, movies, video games, music, internet, and magazines, to adverse outcomes for children, including increased smoking, drug and alcohol use, obesity, sexual activity, attention problems, and poor grades. Is there power in the media? Absolutely. Next video, I think, underscores, and some of you may have seen this on ABC, again, the power of the media. Hide. Ohio, it's time to meet the man in the basement. Wait, 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 where's your tag, bro? Maria's husband, Chris. Dad! Yes, all right. Chris comes home from work. It may or may not surprise you to know his job is IT, servicing computers. When he walks in the door, it looks like any other normal family. See, it's tough. Okay, go, go ahead and run out your problem now, all right? But his wife Maria says just watch. Yeah. Doting dad is itching to disappear. Yes, I think I'm gonna head down. Gosh, I keep returning as this machine gun guy. And I've played just terribly at this dude. 
Um, Chris shows us his collection of obsessions. Oh, wow. No fewer than 158 carefully organized games. Uh, this is where you game, huh? Yeah, matter of fact. Matter of fact. It's a um, nice setup. He tries to show me what all the excitement is about. You need to say, hey, you sucker, I put you down that quickly. It's something where you can remove yourself from, you know, from the world for an hour. Um, or more. Or more. <laughs> and watch what happens when Maria comes downstairs to check on Chris before she goes to bed. Hey, babe. Hey, Maria. I am going to head to bed. Hi, good night. Do you think you're addicted to these games? Uh, I'd say, I'd say addiction's there. Chris says he's considering cutting back, but quit for good? Never. I can't stop forever. That just seems like a... Even though you know that it hurts your wife and your children? And, and yeah, every next thing I say sounds more, more and more like the scared addict. In California, Brooke's parents say her phone and social media fixation opened a portal into a dark place. Her risky behavior escalated when she was just 11 and 12 years old. Just hanging out with the wrong crowd, drugs, sex, in middle school. With that phone always in her hand, her parents wondered whether any place was safe. Okay, she's home, she's safe. But it was a complete false sense of security because she's up there in her room, you know, with her phone on the internet. And as her parents later discover, sexting with strange men. I was up all night sending pictures. Of yeah. yourself? Mm hmm To strangers? Yeah. When I did it and I got those compliments, I got that attention, and it, it just made me feel really good. It's unnerving to listen to you Tell me about how you fell into this world of secret sexting. Mm -hmm. Upstairs, yeah. you weren't safe. Not at all, no. It's not just the phone and the internet. Brooke has ADD and attachment issues. When you take a phone and social media and you put it in the hands of a, you know, a teenager and then throw in some mental illness, she just becomes very vulnerable. But her parents don't realize just how vulnerable until they get a knock on the door. We were blown out of the water when the police showed up at our house. Oh my gosh. Officers revealed what their little girl had been doing online. The men, the nude photos, all of it. You know people watching this are going to say, where were you? Yeah. It was shocking. It was. I guess I thought of her just as a regular, everyday little girl growing up. Word spread on social media about Brooke's mistakes. Bullied and shamed, she tried to numb the pain with drugs and alcohol. I think you used the word broken. Yeah. Do you have any idea how you got that way? I think I just got to a point where I kept getting hurt. I kept doing things that I knew didn't make me happy. And then an act of desperation. Brooke wrote a note on her phone, and somehow, by the grace of God, her parents say, it accidentally popped up on their shared iCloud account. I said, what's that? So I opened it up, and it was a suicide note. A suicide note? 
What did you think reading that? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know, it was, uh, it was scary. I just got to a point where I just didn't even know, like, know why I was here and yeah. why I was still trying. You mean why you were here on Earth? Yeah, it just didn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. They had Brooke committed to a hospital that night. That was it. That's when we knew. That was it. We gotta do something drastic. The first thing the attendants took from her was her phone. Brookie wanted to like fight the nurse for it. I was like, don't touch me. I was pissed. The despise in her face for us. Betrayal. She was I, so angry. She was so pissed off. But there was no other way. I just kept thinking, you know, you're not gonna die on my watch. In Michigan, Josh begins See, yeah, skipping school. He told me a couple times, I'm gonna be, you know, a gamer. Yeah, media is powerful. Um, so what do we do about it? Uh, how do we guard our hearts? Um, on the cover of today's bulletin is one of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 4.23. Um, the version that I know, it's a little differently. Above all else, guard your hearts. Above all else. Not, ah, if you get around to it, you might think of heart guarding. It might be good for you a little bit. But no, God tells us, above all else, guard our hearts. How Brooke would be a very different girl and wouldn't have gone through what she had had she learned to guard her heart. And that man would be a different man. By the way, toward the end of that ABC special, uh, the people that they highlight were all doing much, much better. I, I actually had the clip, wish I had time to show you some of the victory that they had. This one presents more. Let's, um, let's uh, look at some other scriptures. Um, James 1.27, it says, now most of us are familiar with this scripture because we think of it as the, as the widows and orphans scripture about taking care of widows and orphans, and it is that. It's a great, but we forget the last few words and uh, has a lot to do with discernment and being discerning. He says, religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. That's the part we know. What about this part? And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I want to suggest to you this morning that a lot of what we consume is pollution. And God has an answer for it, has a remedy. He says, keep yourself from it. Don't be polluted from it. Don't be polluted by it. Um, Colossians 2.8. We don't have a chance to look at it, but it says... Um, do not be taken captive by the hollow and deceptive philosophies. I want to proffer this morning that every song that's ever been written, every TV script that's ever been written, every movie script that's ever been written, even the storyline for video games is someone's philosophy, someone's messaging to you. It's their preaching to you. Now, some of it's wonderful. There's great movies out there. There's great TV shows. There's great music out there. But some of it takes us captive by hollow and deceptive philosophy. I offer today, what does that look like? Sean, who said that I should cover myself with gasoline and light a match, I kind of laugh at it. But when I think about it, spiritually, here's a young man who's 
been taken. He's not in a physical prison with bars, but he's as much a prisoner as a prisoner with bars because he's been taken captive by the hollow and deceptive philosophies. Yes, I can chuckle, but when I really think about it, this is a man with a soul who needs redemption. Proverbs 16, 24, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. No one wants to deny. I mean, we like to consume. But as followers of Jesus, part of the Christian lifestyle is that we deny ourselves. Maybe everybody else plays this video game, but we don't. Maybe everybody else plays for five hours on a Saturday. Good games, but five hours, what a time bandit. What about 45 minutes and turn it off, you know? Everybody else may, but I may not. Now, let me ask you this. Is Jesus a God of love or a God of hate? Trick question. Most of you are thinking he's God of love, but he's both. Jesus is a God of love and he's a God of hate. He doesn't hate people. He loves people. But the Bible's very clear that Jesus I don't know why my phone just keeps ringing today. Um, I love iWatches, except when they ring when you're talking. Um, but the Bible's very clear that Jesus hates, hates sin. And if we could learn to hate sin like Jesus hates sin, boy, it would guard our hearts. In fact, in case you're like, wait a minute, Jesus hates? Give me that. Speaking of Jesus, in Hebrews, the first chapter, verse 9, it says... You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Did Jesus hate? You bet he hated. He hated wickedness. What about us? When we see wickedness in the movies that are out there, in the television shows, in the music, do we go, eh, whatever. I got through it. My kids will get through it. My grandkids will get through it. Or do we hate it? Does it cause us to stir up on the inside and so we go, I hate that. You know, I think it would be good. Proverbs 8.13 says, we learn that to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Romans 12.9 says, hate what is evil. I think that's a good safeguard. Parents out there with kids, you want to help your kids uh, be more discerning and protect them from the awfulness of media that's out there teach them to hate hate wickedness hate the awful out and talk about it and speak of it in the family and go we do not like that dads when you hear it when you see it make sure they know your opinion don't just oh, of course they would know my opinion no 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 do you talk about it have you said it i hate that that's evil that's wrong that's immoral that's not welcome in my in my house in our house Number three, point number three. What's my elevator speech? If we were pressing the button and we had the elevator, oh, Bob, focus on the family, plugged in. Hey, I got to get off of the seventh floor here, but tell me what, how can I teach my kids to be discerning? Oh, yeah, okay, got eight seconds. Um, I would answer that question. I have answered that question. 
I love the WWJD concept. Now, I realize that it's been almost 20 years ago since the fad took Christendom by storm. Every Christian young person had a WWJD bracelet that they wore regularly. Many people put the bumper stickers on their cars. Little kids had lunch pails that said WWJD. You know, the fad's gone away. What would Jesus do? Fad's gone away. But I want to submit in my elevator speech that the principle behind that fad should always be with us. So that we think about it, if we're going to teach our grandkids, teach our kids, and try to help them be more discerning, that before they were about to listen to that album, that song, before they're about to play that video game, before they're about to pluck down 12 bucks at the movie theaters for the latest movie, what would Jesus do? I like a different version of it, though. I say if Jesus and his 12 disciples were walking the face of the planet today physically, not 2,000 years ago, but for some reason God the Father in his timing said it's going to be 2019, so Jesus, 12 disciples are all here. Peter comes up to him and says, you know, Jesus, uh, 13 Reasons Why is that on Netflix? Really, really popular show. It's about suicide. People say it's kind of a cautionary tale. Should we watch that? You know, what would Jesus say? You know, what would Jesus do? Would he say, sure. <laughs> let's, and I think there are things that Jesus would say, yeah, let's, let's watch. And for instance, when people say, Bob, what's your favorite films? You've seen tons and tons of films out there. What's your favorite film? You know, I say it's the most watched film in the planet. More eyeballs have watched this film, and it's also my favorite favorite film not because it's the most entertaining anybody know the film that i'm talking about most watched film with eyeballs what gone with the wind that's a good guess but it is not it is actually the jesus film campus crusade for christ now called crew put that film out in 1979 and they estimate that over a billion people a billion with the b have watched that film, and they estimate that over 200 million people have made first-time decisions for Christ because they've watched the film. Is Jesus anti-entertainment? No! Think about the Jesus film. What great ministry it's done. Pastor Daniel's very involved, as I'm sure you know. I'm sure he talks quite a bit about it. Create International. You know, they go around the globe making films in people's languages that hardly anybody knows or translates or speaks. And they make these films, and they're highly influential for the cause of Christ. Because these little tribes in the backwoods don't have much, and somebody says, we got this film, and, it's, and they watch it, and there's been great conversion. Is Jesus anti-entertainment? No. He's, it's wonderful stuff that happens. But I'll tell you what, Peter comes to Jesus and says, let's watch 13 Reasons Why. And he'd be, get thee behind me, Satan, you know. And uh, I'm not here to harp on that necessarily, but I will say that I interviewed uh, a, a mother named Patricia Bright. And, and her and her husband, Joseph, former youth pastors, love the Lord, live in Alabama. Their then 13-year-old daughter named Anna watched all 13 episodes of 13 reasons why against their will they didn't know she was sneaking she watched them all and then got in a bathtub and committed suicide just like the main character hannah baker did in that program she copycat 
It, it was influential in her life. She did what she saw on the film, and she came from a fabulous Christian film. Would Jesus say, it's okay? No. Get thee behind me, Satan, he would say. Okay. Let's put it into practice. So we're parents now, if we're parents, and we're going to say, what would Jesus do? The elevator speech. Let me give you an example. We're going to play a video clip from a Disney show. I mean, it's a Disney show for junior high kids. How innocent and wonderful is that going to be, you know? So it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's all about fun and family and relationships and whatever. And the show's called Andy Mac. And we're going to just watch a little cl clip and put it to the WWJD test. Hide? Last night, when we were watching Andy and Jonah, you asked me, am I happy for Andy? Yeah. And I said, yes, I'm happy for Andy. But I'm also not happy. How come? Are you jealous? Cyrus, do you like Andy? You like Jonah? Puffy, I, I feel weird. Different. Cyrus, you've always been weird, but you're no different. I'm glad I told you. Me too. But the thought of telling anyone else... You'll be okay. I promise. bad timing. I just got a girlfriend. Put it to the test. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Hey, let's watch Andy Mack with our kids. Let him watch Disney Channel unfettered? I don't think so. You know, I never thought I'd live in a world when I was met the Lord at age 15 where gay marriage should be legalized, you know. Um, and I'm not here to harp on that. What I am here to harp on is media. But I'll tell you what, and it, I underscored in my book, the media has played a huge, huge, huge role in where we are today, in what we call, when, when the Bible says, woe to people who call good evil and evil good, that's where we're at. And a lot of it's because the media has been harping on that as well. Okay, one more clip. He they play this next clip uh, about hidden apps. I just want a little parent information. What it seems. Several apps allow users to hide photos. CBS 2's Tracy Carrasco explains how they work. Racy photos easily hidden on phones. 
They're buried behind a virtual vault thanks to special apps like one that appears to be a calculator. But enter a secret password and you're transported to a whole different interface. If you're looking for a calculator, that's fine. Unfortunately, children and teens and others are using this app to hide things that they don't want their parents to see. Perhaps the most popular app is Calculator Percent Sign. The program creates a secret barrier to anything the user wants hidden. These types of apps have become increasingly popular with teens trying to hide things like their photos. To go to the app store on the smartphone and to simply search the word secret. And by searching the word secret, parents will learn very quickly that there are a number of apps that their children can hide pictures, videos, photographs, any number of items from them. It's something as simple and as innocent looking as a calculator. This is what it looks like. And you may think, well, that's a calculator. This video was posted by one prosecutor worried about the calculator apps. But even as word spreads about these apps, many parents remain in the dark. The best way to educate your children on the internet is to educate yourself. Ask them what technology they're using. The bottom line, if a phone has an app that looks like a simple calculator, make sure it all adds up. Tracy Carrasco, CBS 2 News. And the calculator percent sign app is free. It also works for iPads. Why in the world would you need an app like that? Why would, why would you develop an app like that? Why would a person download something like that? We know why. You know, we live in a fallen world and a, and a scary world. Once again, I came with three things that I wanted to accomplish this morning, and I trust that I did for, for many of you. Number one, that we take this issue of media discernment more seriously, you know, that we think about it, especially if we're in that middle group where, yeah, I kind of do, but I haven't really thought about it much lately that this prompts us to say, have we had a talk, dads, mom, with our kids, around the dinner table, where are you, what song's your favorite, what movie's your favorite, what do your, kids, what do your friends watch, what are, what are they into, what are you into, you know? Um, and we had that talk twice a year. Um, number two, that the Bible is incredibly helpful, you know, to not be taken captive. Above all else, guard our hearts. And number three, that elevator speech. WWJD, what would Jesus do? That we put everything we're about to consume through that filter of asking what would Jesus and his disciples do if they were walking on the face of the planet today? Thank you. Worship team.